I'm sure you've heard people discussing everything that's wrong with Christianity. And often the conversation directly goes to the usual suspects. You know, the things in history which prove why Christianity is so bad. You know, the Inquisition, the, the Crusades, the religious wars of the 1600s. And the list goes on and on. You know, times when Christianity has used its power to basically try to force people into repenting or converting, trying to say, look, we are right and you're wrong, or almost using its power to try and force morality upon people. If you go back a few generations, this was often used as a, one of the main reasons to create a secular world. You know, this is why we need to get rid of Christianity, because it's, it's just abusing its power. And these rules are just arbitrary rules. They're just made up by people to abuse power. If we can just get rid of the rules, then we can live happily ever after, because we're all mature adults, and we're optimistic. You know, we, we think that humanity is actually good. You fast forward to where we are now, and the irony is that often those who accuse the church of things like the Inquisition are kind of members of the modern-day Inquisition. You know, that there's almost this new morality now about what's right and wrong. And if you don't fit the new morality, then you will be destroyed. You know, your reputation will be destroyed over things like Twitter, social media. Um, you know, you'll be forced out of your occupation if you don't agree with certain things that are deemed correct. Humanity has always been trying to create a perfect world. This has been right from the dawn of time. We've been trying to find the right structure. And inevitably, we find that it's not possible without forcing people to do it. You know, even if you look at the history of communism, it started with this amazing optimism. You know, we can live together in harmony and peace, but it ends up with a very large secret police force, basically to force you into doing it. You have to be good. You know, you have to live in love and harmony and peace, otherwise you'll be sent off to Siberia. There's a problem and the problem's not with the structure, the problem's with the human heart. And I think that is the joyful message of today. You know, if, if this Sunday is about joy, I think we need to realise that the joyful message is actually that the human heart is broken. Now, that doesn't sound joyful, does it? Like It <laughs> doesn't sound like the good news. And, and the reality is that for the vast majority of human history, that was the bad news. That was what caused the wars. That's what made us depressed. It was that we were stuck in this place of brokenness and there was no hope. You know, the best we could hope for was just more and more laws and more shame and more people to try and enforce those rules upon us. You know, and to try to condemn those who didn't fit in. And hopefully, the few that were left would, would be able to pretend that they were good. But what we're waiting for in this celebration of Christmas is the thing that transformed the whole story. And was able to turn the bad news into the good news. It was able to turn the fact that the human heart is so broken. 
The human heart is so deceptive that even when we think we're good, it's still lying to us. It's still cheating us and leading us down the wrong path. What changes all this is the fact that we now have a Saviour who is able to not only forgive us, but to heal us and to transform us. This is our hope. This is, this is the joy that we await. And I think sadly, even for many Catholics, it's the joy that we still haven't encountered. You know, I, I, I've talked to so many people over the years, faithful Catholics, every Sunday at Mass, who hate going to confession. You know, they'd much rather go to the dentist and not use anaesthetic. You know, like... To go to confession is like death. <laughs> because they're still stuck in the old mindset of it's just the law, it's the rules, and it's shame. And, and this is just the box of shame I've got to walk into and walk away feeling even worse than I started. You know, I think this is the tragedy that even here in the church, we have forgotten the heart of the story. We know all about Jesus. You know, we can sing all the songs, we can even study all the theology, but the very core of it has been forgotten. That here is our Saviour. And, and, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's the very fact that we've forgotten the meaning of that word. It's just become another bit of Christian jargon. You know, he redeems us, he saves us. But to actually get down to what this means... And in reading, it's, it's summed up beautifully here in the first reading. Yeah, this is from Isaiah. This is, this is the passage that Jesus stood up in the temple to, to proclaim himself. You know, that when he began his, his ministry, the first text he went to was this text. Because he couldn't think of anything better to explain who he was and why he was here. The Spirit of the Lord has been given to me. For the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the poor, to bind up hearts that are broken. Not just to tell you that you've got a broken heart and to get over it and to try harder, but to actually heal it, to bind it up, to proclaim liberty to captives, freedom to those who are in prison. He's not just speaking a word of optimism, like one day you'll be free. Try harder and it might get better. But rather, he's the one who's going to break down the walls of the prison. Here is the one who's actually going to break the chains. But he can only do it if we bring the chains to him. He can only heal our broken hearts if we bring our broken hearts to him. And I think here is the problem. That there's two different stories happening here. And we're not on the same page as Jesus. We're still stuck in the old idea of religion, which is all about the rules and all about the shame and all about trying harder. And so we're afraid to come close. We're afraid to open up because we think, I've got to get myself perfect first. I've got to try and deal with this myself and then I'll be worthy. I'm not worthy to come before God because I'm such a bad sinner. Whereas Jesus is trying to say... I'm doing a new thing. And it's the complete opposite. I want you to come to me in your brokenness. I want you to come to me in your sin because I am the doctor. 
And so he refers to himself to that. He says, I'm the physician. I'm the one who's come to heal you. Like if, if you were to not go to the doctor until you got better, that would be absolutely ludicrous. Like if you were to sit at home saying, oh, I won't go see the doctor until my wound's healed. You know, we, we, we know that we meant to go see the doctor and we have to be vulnerable enough to actually say, here it is. Here is my wound. You know, and, and I need to be vulnerable enough to tell the whole story and say, this is the stupid thing I did to cause this. So that way the doctor knows what to do to heal it. In the gospel here where John says, prepare a way for the Lord. You know, once again, this is one of the lines we hear all the time this, in this Easter, well, not Easter season, Christmas season. <laughs> where are we? <laughs> Prepare a way for the Lord. You know, I was sitting in prayer this afternoon just thinking, what does that even mean? You know, how are we meant to prepare a way for the Lord? What are we meant to do? Is that, you know, put more Christmas decorations around our house? You know, sing more Christmas carols? Like, what, what does this actually mean to prepare a way? I think, fundamentally, what it means is vulnerability. Because if the Lord is mercy... If, if Jesus is the physician, if he's the doctor, we need to come to this place of vulnerability where I'm prepared to open up. And I'm prepared to show the mess. You know, once again, it's the complete opposite of what you normally do at Christmas. You know, I'm sure you're already preparing your houses for the Christmas parties, which means you get all the junk, you put it into one room and you close the door. <laughs> and you make every other part of the house look beautiful and pretty. Jesus is saying we want to do the opposite here. We want to open that door because that's where he wants to go. He's not interested in the nice, beautiful lounge room. He wants to see the junk room. Prepare a way for the Lord because he is coming to heal the brokenhearted. He's coming to break the chains. He's coming to set the prisoners free. Now, all of us are imprisoned. All of us are bound by chains. All of us are wounded and broken. And we have become so good at pretending that we're not. Often so good that we've even deceived ourselves. You know, because every day we have to front up to our families or to our work colleagues and pretend that everything's okay. You know, pretend that that thing that happened 30 years ago is still not causing us grief. This is the safe place where we need to open up. You know, this is the place where we need to really welcome in the Saviour. And, and don't be deceived by the way that we normally celebrate it. You know, I, I don't know about you. And I think sometimes when we get to Easter, this is obvious. Because it's all about salvation. When we get to Christmas, we can sometimes miss the point. Because it's little baby Jesus and it's the shepherds, and it's the wise men, and it kind of feels like a nice little children's story. You know, we can kind of miss the, the real edge to what God's doing. You know, I was watching a thing just this afternoon, which kind of changed my whole understanding of what we normally have of the, of the nativity. You know, and it was trying to explain the significance of Bethlehem and the shepherds that 
It's not normal to have shepherds around Bethlehem, particularly with a large flock of sheep. What I was trying to explain was that actually, if you go back to the Jewish Talmud, the only time they would have shepherds going around these fields in Bethlehem was when it was the sheep that were being prepared for the Passover sacrifice. And these weren't just ordinary shepherds, but they were actually Levitical shepherds. They they were like priestly shepherds. They were were specially appointed by the high priest because this was the time when these sheep were being prepared that were going to then be used for the Passover sacrifice. And because these were sheep that had to be without blemish for the Passover sacrifice, as soon as the little lambs were born, they would be wrapped up in swaddling clothes so that no dirt or mud or anything would get on them because they had to be kept pure. And so it was explaining the fact that this point where the shepherds walk into a cave where the sheep were normally kept and they now find a little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, they get it. They understand this is the saviour. This is the Passover lamb who eventually is going to be the one who saves us on the cross. And I think for us to, to start to see this differently, you know, when we're surrounded by so much commercialization and, you know, endless piles of tinsel in shopping centres, but to, to sort of see it once again through the eyes of those who were there on, the, on that first day. That the one we're welcoming is not just the child that, kind of like a little children's story to keep kids happy at this time of year. But rather, this is the one who comes to save us. This is the one who comes to break the chains, to set the captives free, to heal the brokenhearted. And he comes by wanting to shed his own blood, by wanting to give his own life. So for us to prepare a way through vulnerability, prepare a way by actually bringing the mess in these next few days before Christmas. And I really encourage you to to really seek out confession. You know, to to come to that place where you can just lay it all out there and just say, Lord, this this is what needs to be healed on this day of Christmas. I don't want this to just be another usual celebration with far too much turkey and ham. I want this to be a celebration of a new heart, of real liberation.